Welcome to another episode of 360 Degrees, a podcast show on the famous, infamous show known as The Urban Breakdown. If you haven't already, please subscribe to The Urban Breakdown Podcast, giving you the news you can use. Odie, do your thing. Good morning, guys. So, I just wanted to say that was my... That was my um, Candyman voice. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the trailer for that. It looks. It looks like it's gonna be good. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll be on it. I have a. I have a horror movie um, buddy. I like to go see it with. I usually see scary movies with my hairstylist and friend Ethiopia. So we'll be there probably weekend one. All right. So good morning, guys. Um, and and don't say that word four more times. Thanks. Um, yeah, I'm good on that. I'm good on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want to start off with a story that kind of came in later during the week, and I had a knee-jerk reaction to it when I first heard it, and I was just like, what the fuck? That's stupid as hell. Like, what What the hell is he talking about? And it's funny because someone whose music I don't appreciate was able to articulate what he was talking about through an interview because he dropped an album yesterday, uh, interestingly enough, titled PTSD, he was able to articulate what exactly he meant in a way that Jim Jones was not. Uh, and what what exactly I'm talking, and it's funny because I don't even think Jim Jones came up during that interview at all. But uh-huh. in a way, in my mind, he completely defended what Jim Jones was saying. Um, maybe he did defend Jim Jones. I don't really know. But basically... Um, G. Erbo was on The Breakfast Club yesterday morning promoting his album called PTSD. And what Jim Jones said a couple of days ago, uh, he said (laughs) he was debating with a veteran online after claiming that being a rapper is, quote, harder than fighting a war in Iraq. So my initial knee-jerk reaction was like, what the fuck is he talking about? Like, like, both, of course, have traumatic elements, but, like, like one, you, like, rappers, of course, successful rappers with money have the ability to immediately change their environment. They can hire security, um, you know, et cetera. Like, it's just, like, it's, the two can't really be compared. So this is what the, uh, this is what the vet responded that heard the comments made about being a rapper is harder than fighting a war in Iraq. You're allowed to have your opinion without any facts or truth to it. But as a vet and hip-hop fan, I found it, I found it extremely disrespectful and ignorant. Here's some facts. My unit, which fought in Iraq 2004, lost more Marines in two months than rappers in the past three years. Keep talking, but there's zero comparison. Then Jim Jones responded, and I think actually what sparked this 
comment from Jim Jones in the first place was um, the death of Pop Smoke. This is what sparked. This is what prompted him to say this in the first place. So Jim Jones responded and said, "Here are facts for every nigga I grew up with, as even dead or in jail. So you want to compare death tolls? It won't add. You went to the army and met niggas you never knew and grew up with. With I grew up with all these niggas all my life, so it hit different. You want to continue this debate? Y'all were shooting at kids and innocent bystanders in the midst of shooting at." the enemy. We were shooting kids. Oh, my God, this is so hard to read, by the way. We was we was kids shooting at kids, and that mentality split over to spilt over to success. <laughs> All right, remember you knew who your enemies were. We don't, and everyone knows who we are because of our notoriety. So how you protect yourself from enemies you can't see. Okay, but they actually were, I mean, Okay, I'm going to get to that in a second. We are all in the same uniform. Everyone is drippy. Huh? Mm. But y'all had American uniforms on, and the enemy had their uniform on. You had the choice of going to war. We didn't. We was at war when we was born, let the church say. Ooh. Mm. Okay. So, again, very hard to dissect. That's why I say, like, not art- not articulate in a way that I was able to really break down what he was talking about, because especially, like, when you compare people he grew up with to, like, uh, people he grew up with being dead or in jail, because I'm like, what? <laughs> like, that that's what you're comparing it to? And I'm like, but what does that have to do with being, in war, being at war in Iraq? Like, that's a very specific period of time. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, that's why I, I had a hard time comprehending. And that's where... G. Herbo <clears throat> kind of broke things down for me when I listened to him speak. And he was basically saying, like, he knew 50 people, like, aunties um, of friends or mothers of friends or actual friends, 50 people in his life. I don't even know 50 people that have ever passed away. But I would imagine that would be traumatic as hell. And that's mm-hmm. not normal. I mean, like, dealing with that much death is not normal. Um, and then when you become successful, which is, I think, what Jim Jones is getting at, uh, when you actually become an adult, you can't, you can't deal with that. Like, it's, you can't all of a sudden turn it off. So, it's like, you're coming into a situation with trauma already, and then trying to somehow be successful. It's, it's You can't turn it off. So it's, I kind of get what Jim Jones is saying now, and that's all I was like, mm-hmm. he just wasn't able to articulate in a way, articulate in a way that just made very much sense. It was, it was very fucking difficult to read, by the way. I don't know, what do you guys think? Do you think, like, Jim Jones was, like, making a really terrible uh, analysis here, or... I wouldn't have used the military as a reference. I would have just framed it in such a way that I would have talked about basically post-traumatic stress disorder associated with living in an environment that contributes to that every day. But what Jim Jones fails to realize is when you're young, you don't have a lot of choices regarding your environment. 
when you're older and more successful, you actually do. You don't have to do that anymore. 50 Cent doesn't live in the same project he grew up in. Then he moved out to L.A. or something and lives in like a, no, he lives in Connecticut. Lives in a um, um, big-ass mansion and doing this and doing that. So you can overcome you can overcome your stressors and your contributors to your your symptoms by doing something different by so I think in being a rapper isn't harder than being a military veteran. I think being a young black man in an urban setting such Kanini Green or I don't know, what's that one that was in um, New Jack City, you know, any project or any bad neighborhood of subsidizing, you know, project housing, yeah, that that is harder maybe in some aspects. But being a grown person who has resources because you're a rapper who can move from that environment and can get the help you need like Charlemagne the God has done, that is another factor altogether. Uh, that's what, And that's exactly what G. Herbo was saying. So he was actually openly talking about how he has therapy and how he goes to Chicago um, for his therapy sessions and stuff like that. And he wasn't yeah. open to it, but he had had like these gun charges. And he, his uh, judge, of course, he was trying to make the judge understand why he had all the guns in the first place. Because nobody mm-hmm. could understand. We're like, why the fuck do you have all these guns? And he was like, look, like this is the environment. I, and so he had to go to a therapist. When a therapist had to explain that is not normal. You know what I mean? Like, not mm-hmm. even though the therapist is not technically allowed to say it, but the therapist had to make him realize that that is not normal. And so when he went back to the courts with that and make it look, you know, show them that, okay, I'm getting better, I'm getting treatment, you know, I'm going to therapy, the therapist has helped me realize that that is not normal, I'm, I'm doing better, blah, blah, blah. It was a whole different conversation. And, yeah, like, Right. Again, but you can't turn that shit off. Like, you have to have, like, rappers out there like G, G. Herbo that are, like, openly talking about getting help. This right. conversation was not – I wish it, it didn't go like this because it's, like, Jim Jones just, like, tried to shut the guy up instead of, like, having an open dialogue with somebody that may or may not be a fan of his. I don't know, but – Right. I don't know. I, I wish it didn't go like this, but it could have really went like a whole different way because it made me even consider things differently. Because on the surface, I was like, Jim, what the fuck are you talking about? But after a while, I was like, all right, let me like really listen to what the fuck he's saying. You got to do a little bit better. Not with the that. best way to stay. Not the best way to stay relevant, Jim Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Loving hip hop is not helping either because I haven't even been watching. I think I'm over loving hip hop. I it's hard it's it's hard to accept that, but I think I'm over it. Um, I haven't watched yeah. it in a while. I, I thought I was going to start watching it when that boy came home, so I could see how the world reacts to him being a snitch. But I was like, nah, I ain't fucking with it. <laughs> well, uh, so. I want to switch gears a little bit, but I also want to uh, just address these two things real quick because it's a perfect way to, to pass the baton into Mercer's segment of, of, of politics. But okay. this week has been the worst 
week ever as far as politicians pandering the niggas. I'm already laughing. Go on. I'm sorry. <laughs> I won't be in my life. <laughs> I have been having now granted I have been having a lot of fun trolling the um not necessarily even trolling, but I've just been having a lot of fun with the texters, you know. Um I became buddies with Lauren's supporter. I didn't send her the video though of um her beloved supporter staging fucking barbershop talk. Or somehow or her Ooh. team approving fucking barbershop talk. So you guys don't know what I'm talking about. Basically this lady said it was a good idea to put a whole, like, to put, I don't know, like five niggas in a barbershop on a couch. One is sitting on a couch. I have seen couches in barbershops. That's not unrealistic. But there's a rug on the floor. Okay, I ain't never seen no rug on the floor. I've seen those, like, mats, you know, the ones that, um like, keep the, the pump-up chair there. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Those there, like you know, the the mats that are in all like beauty shops that are near like the bowls. I've seen those there. That wasn't there in the scene. Um, but there's random shit stuck on the wall, like random Jumpman stickers, a couple of jerseys hung up on the wall, not even in frames or anything, but just tacked onto the wall, and then like DVD boxes <laughs> of movies that niggas don't even watch. So, like, if you want me to even believe this, then at the very least, you're going to put Shadas up there. You're going to put uh, New Jack City up there. You're going to put um, Scarface up there. You're going you're gonna to put, like, all the hood classic movies up there. They had, what was, what was it, like, um, what was, I think they had, like, Peter Rabbit or something up there. Yeah, Bruh, they're yeah. not gonna put Peter Rabbit on the wall. What the Spider-Man fuck? Spider-Man coming home. Uh, <laughs> they're gonna put all the hood classics on the wall. Okay, so then they put. Now, granted, they they did put like an Atlanta Falcons jersey up there, which is not really bad. I mean, just because they're in South Carolina, don't mean they support. I don't think South Carolina has a football team, so it's called the Carolina Panthers would be the next best thing. Uh, so then. They have a stage. The guy's getting his hair cut. Whatever. I guess he's getting a shape up because his hair is already cut. But he might have been without even up. and not in a barber chair in a regular like chair you have at an auditorium. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I thought it was like more like an office chair. Like it looked like it had wheels, but okay, whatever. Although I'm a, I thought I saw it more like the kind with the four legs, the skinny legs. Mm, I don't know, but it wasn't okay, a chair yeah, that yeah. Spin, it wasn't a chair that's been around. Up. I know that. Yeah. Exactly, it needs to adjust because one thing I remember specifically, like my um, my ex is a barber, and when he was like really hustling, I remember him. Um, he would go to people's houses, and he would be so exhausted because he could not adjust to people like the like it would hurt his back even more because he couldn't adjust the height of the chair. That's what was killing mm-hmm. his back, and people would come in. You know, of course, a different tights, and he had to adjust accordingly to get his money. Well, I digress. Anyway, there's just so many things wrong with this scene. You knew it was safe. Anybody with two eyes, or four in my case, 
knew that this shit was staged. And it's an insult to my intelligence that you want me to believe it. Then I, I guess the person who got paid for the shenanigans gets offensive when he says, when people call him out on it, and has the nerve to tell people, if you, <laughs> you should go look it up. If you don't believe me, go find it yourself. Well, you know they're not going to find it, sir, because it's not real. <laughs> uh, I, I saw that, and I was just like, yo, that super PAC money goes really far, but not far enough. I mean, granted, a barber chair, right? Because I don't think they rent those barber chairs. You have to buy one. And I looked them up because I, I, I have no clue how much a barber chair costs, like the adjustable ones that go up and down. And they, and looking at them, and, and for some reason they sell them on Amazon. I'm like, that looks like it's too big to, to be shipped, you know, or too heavy to be shipped because those things are not light. But they run between 600 and $1,300, you know, for a, for a barber chair. And, just, and that's just the ones that I looked at. Or you could buy a used one for 400 bucks. But the know. crazy part is, though, if you would have went to a local barbershop and walked in and been like, bro, we need to borrow your shit for like, for like an hour to stage a couple photos and have the scene set up and we'll give you $500 for it, it would have been at least more authentic. You would have helped the local business out. Yeah. And you could have been like, we're going to tag you in this location you just got to sign this non-disclosure to be like, so when people ask you, were we really here, that's it. Like, you, you're not allowed to say that we, you know what I mean, that these weren't real customers. That's yeah. it. Now, the, the the worst part was, to me, and was we'll that. And we'll business. We'll promote your business, and we'll guarantee that more people come up in here. Boom. Right. That's a win-win-win. Like, you don't help the small business. You don't increase foot traffic. You know what I mean? Like, it, I don't understand. Simple. Just get an NDA in place and be like, no, nah, you're not allowed to talk about the fact that you should have staged. Period. Yeah. The dude who who, uh, who had that tweet, his name is uh, Frederick Joseph. And uh, I, I found him on Twitter. Here's the worst part about all this, to me anyway, is that a couple of days later from when that first video was posted, you know, the, the, the barbershop pictures were posted, the fake ones, he actually had a video of him at an actual barbershop. You know, they looked like any other black barbershop I've ever been to. Had the mirrors, had like three or four chairs in a row, people getting their hair cut, people waiting to lose, set up like every other black barbershop I'd ever seen. And I'm like, why didn't you just do that in the first place? Why would you put yourself out there to get embarrassed on Twitter and then make Elizabeth Warren look bad? Worse than she already looks, because she's already looking terrible out there. I don't even want... She, she's, Honestly, she's, she's, you know what I think? I think this is what happened. I think that, like, let's say, I'm going to just, because I have no idea how much shit this shit costs. But let's just say he went to her and said, hey, Liz, this is going to cost, or her team or whatever, hey, Liz, this is going to cost $10,000 to to do everything you need to do, you, you need to have done done, um, you know, to have, you know, to pay off the, the camera staff, to pay off the guys in the barbershop for their time, <laughs> It's going to be $10,000. And she says, okay, here's a check. And he looked at that $10,000 and said, I can get this done for about three. <laughs> He's like, yo, I got card notes to pay. <laughs> and that's what we got. We got $3,000 worth of 
worth the work. And then he clocked it in the seven. That's the only thing that makes sense. And then maybe he didn't have the post receipts. Or maybe the people in the video. I don't know. Like, and maybe he was able to, like, finesse some shit where he was able to, like, find $7,000 worth of receipts for other shit. You know what I mean? Like, he faked some shit. I don't know. He probably finessed it. That's the only other thing that makes sense to me. That's the only other thing that would make sense to me. Yeah, uh, he's scamming. He's scamming. Ah, uh, uh, it, it, it's it's absolutely amazing the lengths these people will go through just to get. And it's funny because you have people who, well, uh, we'll put it like this, Odie. Go. On. I, I think I, I need another stuff. I didn't want to step on your toes, but go no, off. No. No, keep going. Like, you can finish that thought because then I'm going to transition to the other Black Panther of the week. Of of people who, of how far they'll go for the Black vote. Now, here's the thing. Elizabeth Warren has receipts. Maybe not uh, directly in the Black community, but the stuff that she's done has helped Black people, like the Consumer Finance Protection Board. Uh, It doesn't just help uh, white folks. It helps everybody. So there are a lot of black people who were helped by the Consumer Finance Protection Board. They've given back billions of dollars in money to people who have, um, you know, who were taken advantage of by corporations, you know. Mm. So, even, so even if she doesn't have anything direct like other people have, she has done, she has helped the black community in some way or another. So she really didn't have to go, I mean, and, and now, like I said, I'm not going to say it's her because I'm pretty sure, I, and I, I, would, I would be... I'd be disingenuous to say that Elizabeth Warren sanctioned that. Like, I'm pretty sure if that, if that went across her desk, she'd be like, either spend the money or don't spend the money. You know, I, I, I know that she wouldn't sanction that. But, her, but people in her campaign just decided, you know, this is how we're going to do it. And then, unfortunately, it's in her name. I get that all the time from Bernie Sanders folks. I mean, like the anti-Bernie folks. Like, if someone in their campaign doesn't do right, Oh well, it's it's on Bernie Sanders' desk, and that's not exactly fair. So I can't put that on Liz Warren's desk. I can't lay it at her feet, I should say. But at the same time, they put her name on that horseshit, <laughs> so it does make her look bad, you know, like she's trying to pander to the black vote, but in a in a horribly disingenuous Mayor Pete type of way, you know. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So, I'm sorry. I will say this. I've always said that God got me. Marcus, I know that you don't believe in God, but when I look back on my life and all he's done for me, I have no choice but to believe that God got me. And I've always said I'm always where I'm supposed to be when I'm supposed to be there. And... You know, we we know that uh, around September of last year, I was laid off, and I lost my job, and I was kind of, like, struggling, trying to figure out what my next move was going to be. One of those opportunities came up where I could potentially work for the Tom Steyer campaign, and God got me. I did not have to work for the Tom Steyer campaign. And last night it was revealed to me why that opportunity did not work out. Somebody in Tom Steyer's camp 
surprisingly, thought it was a good idea for Tom to take his white ass up on stage at Allen University with Juvenile. And to the tune of Back That Ass Up, was dancing around singing Back That Vote Up. What's crazy is Barack Obama didn't have to do none of this shit. Everybody's trying to mobilize the white vote. Everybody's trying to get our vote. Nobody did none of this. Like, Barack Obama did not do any of this. Just give us what the fuck we need, whether that's reparations, college, (laughs) alleviating school debt. Like, black women are the most educated in the country. You think we're not uh, out here trying to get free college? You are fucking, you are sadly mistaken. Alleviate our damn debt. That's what you can talk about. You don't need to do all of this. And why the fuck would you be dancing on stage? Like, even if you wanted the concert to be sponsored by you, because I went to one sponsored, um, it was Neo. Hillary Clinton wasn't there. It was Hillary Clinton that, that sponsored that one. Hillary Clinton didn't uh, come and dance her ass up there. Even if she was in the town, but like, I would have been mortified if she would have come up on stage dancing. Like, no, nah, girl, don't do that. This is just a mess. This is a whole ass mess. Our votes really matter because if they didn't, they wouldn't be trying so hard. Y'all need to get y'all black asses out there and vote. A hot mess. A hot mess. Back the boat up because you have it, has it. <laughs> I, I, I will, I, I will say this though. Tom Starr did not have to do that for one reason, and it's basically because he's 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 an actual philanthropist. So he's not like Bloomberg, who's all of a sudden spending money in the black community because he needs their vote right now, after doing stop and frisk and gentrification and all the other stuff back in New York. He has receipts where he has directly uh, done things for the black community, for small businesses and stuff like that. So he has those receipts. So he should be the last person who would need to dance around like a turkey attached to a car battery, you know, making an ass of himself up there on stage, dancing the juvenile. Are you shitting me, man? Come on. It's the pandering just goes way too far. Like every like every black person that holds into Mayor Pete's line of vision is all is automatically supporting him because he has like no black vote because of how, because of his record in South Bend. So he uh, Mayor Pete had the question at the debate, and he had his prepared answer about you know well we don't have your your lived experience and now we we just need to listen to black people and they were and Young Turks put him out there they were like yeah well why weren't you listening to black people? when you were mayor of South Bend, when they were literally following you across the country saying, hey, listen to us about the police about the police out there. And he wasn't listening then, but all of a sudden he's listening now because he's running for president. Don't forget, Mike Bloomberg only apologized for stop and frisk maybe what? Five uh, minutes before he was president. Exactly. Yeah. 
But if anybody out there who who didn't need to do that, who's got receipts, it's Tom Steyer. So it's just it's just embarrassing that he would do something like that. It really is. I mean, yeah. it's. It, it, I saw him dance up there, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" It's you know, I thought he was having a stroke up there, and then I was like, "Oh my god, he's dancing to the music!" Oh no, he's kind of offbeat. And here's the thing: I can't dance. You know, I'm not going to play like I could do any better because I can't. I can't do the electric slide, cha-cha slide, slip and slide. I can't do none of that stuff. I ruin barbecues with my dancing. So I'm not going to crack on them for that. But then again, I'm not running for president, and therefore I don't have to dance in public. <laughs> so it, it's absolutely it's it's insane, you know. But I mean, you figure Hillary when she was on, uh, I think she was on Breakfast Club, I think it was. And somebody oh, asked, uh, I think she was on Breakfast Club. This is back when she was running for president back in 2016. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and somebody asked her, like, what condiments she keeps in her purse, and she said hot sauce. And then somebody mentioned about her pandering, and then she was like, is it working? You know? Now, here's the thing. I think the reason why that question came up, because it was a well-known fact that Hillary does keep condiments in her purse. Yeah, so she keeps, it was. You know, but hot sauce? You think Hillary keeps hot sauce in her purse? No. She just said that because she was on a black radio station and just figured, if I say hot sauce, black people will like me. You know, you hit the nail on the, on the head, Dodie. We don't really care what music you listen to. Do I know what kind of music Bernie likes? No, I have no clue. I don't know what kind of music he likes. Exactly. I, I, don't, I don't know his favorite color. I don't know his favorite movie because none of that shit matters. You know what matters? His policies matter. So you hit the nail on the head. His favorite movie, his favorite movie is Clockwork Orange. His favorite <laughs> color is it happens to be gray. His favorite music is um Celtic um chorals. <laughs> Actually, his favorite his favorite song apparently seems to be Fight the Power, and rightfully so. That is now, the theme song. Now, I will say this. I was looking this up because I kept seeing um, articles about uh, a Bernie rally that's going to have a public enemy. And then I just saw on Billboard, this came out Tuesday, 29th. It came out yesterday. It said, um, oh, hold on. Let me see here. So rapper is accusing the Democratic presidential candidate of using his likeness, image, and trademark clock in promotional materials without his permission. But the thing is, as far as I know, Public Enemy is slated to perform at, at, the, at the Bernie Sanders rally tomorrow in Los Angeles. And um, hold on. Fayo uh, Fayo is accusing the Vermont senator of misappropriating his likeness and promoting a false narrative that the group has endorsed his campaign for the Democratic presidential nomination. So it says, we have become aware that Flair Flay's bandmate and public enemy co-creator Chuck D has endorsed Bernie Sanders' candidacy for president and plans to perform at an upcoming Sanders rally. But Flair Flay doesn't support Bernie Sanders, so he's following like a cease and desist about using, the, I guess, the clock on, you know, and, and and I think that's just I don't know. I mean, Flair Flay has been off and on, on again, off again, crackhead. I don't know who told him to do that shit. You know, because you figure, uh, I don't know if they're being paid to do it, to do the performance. But if you're, 
I don't even know. I'd have to read the entire article. I just it, it, it just caught my eye, and I'm like, did they lie about the performance? No, they didn't. Chuck D endorses Bernie Sanders, and he's gonna he's gonna perform. But obviously, I, so I don't know if Flav is not gonna perform or just didn't want them using the clock. I don't know. I'll have to read the entire article. It just literally just came on my page like 30 seconds ago, you know. But I was gonna I was gonna the reason why I was looking that up because I had to be like, well, Tom Starr got juvenile, and Bernie Sanders got Public Enemy. I don't know. I don't know if you ever heard of these guys. I mean, they only won like Grammy. Well, I don't know if they ever won a Grammy, but they're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> so it's a huge difference. You figure Tom Starr could afford somebody who's like a Rock and Roll Hall of Famer to support him, and not Juvenile. You know, I don't know. But it, it's kind of funny. Like I've seen this sort of thing before. Like I remember when um. Sarah Palin, when she was running for president, she used a song from a group called Heart, called Barracuda. It was one of their famous songs. And um, they, Heart, immediately ceased and desist. Uh, Ronald Reagan tried to use Born in the USA for his presidential campaign, and Bruce Springsteen put an order against him. And as a matter of fact, if you listen to Born in the USA, I don't know why Reagan would pick that song. I think he picked it for the chorus, but if he listened to the lyrics, he wouldn't use it. Because that song is against people like him, who send mm-hmm. people off the who send people off the war. Yeah, it's about, it's about yeah. Yeah, it's an anti-war song. Mm-hmm. So. But I mean, you figure uh, it's it, it's kind of it's kind of crazy this whole thing. Now here's the thing, okay? South Carolina is going to be a toss-up, depending on what poll you actually watch. Or listen to, and I say that because uh, the projected winner of today's, uh, you know, the primary is Joe Biden. He's a projected winner, but Bernie has been eating into his lead all month, so he's been creeping up closer, creeping up closer, creeping up closer, you know, because he's been getting more and more of the black vote, and that was a huge problem for him in 2016, was getting the black vote. You know, so because and it's not because black people didn't like Bernie, it's because they didn't know who he was. Only reason why I knew, why I knew who he was because I had just happened to watch C-SPAN every now and then, and he'd be on there giving some jackass to business. But he didn't have the name recognition. That was why he won Elizabeth Warren to run in 2016, and not him, because um, she had the name recognition that he didn't have back then. You know. But now mm-hmm. he's got he, now he's got the name recognition, you know, and now he's starting to get more and more of the black vote, you know, and it's uh, we'll have to see. So in other words, even us diehard Bernie fans, we're not really expecting uh, him to win. We're we're just crossing our fingers that he finishes in the top three, which means that he will get delegates, right, to add to his delegate count. That's all we care about in South Carolina. Trust me, put it like this. If he wins, and for wherever you guys live, even the listeners, if you hear a loud scream, that's me. And you're like, where'd that scream come from? It's coming from Cary, North Carolina, because that's me. Happy as hell that Bernie won South Carolina, because basically uh, he's pretty much, I mean, we're not looking past South Carolina like that. I mean, every primary that he wins is important. Every delegate he gets is important. But... I look at it like this. If he wins South Carolina, especially when you have Bloomberg spending 
tens of millions of dollars in South Carolina lately when you have Joe Biden, who already had a strong lead in there because he's deep in South Carolina, right? So when you have that sort of thing, I mean, I'm not worried about Klobuchar and, and Buttigieg. They're not going to do well in South Carolina. Black people don't like them at all. I hear black people talk about Elizabeth Warren. I don't hear, I don't hear black people talk about Klobuchar uh, or Buttigieg. So they'll probably be fighting for fourth and fifth. You know, we'll see what Tom Steyer does. Tom Steyer is going to be the wild card. We'll see where he lands and pushes someone else down. But if Bernie could finish the top three and get delegates, I'd be more than happy. But Super Tuesday, uh, if all the polls hold, the only state Bernie's probably not going to win in, on Super Tuesday is like Alabama. And he's poised to win every other state. In Texas, he has like a five-point lead in Texas. Right in California, he has a double-digit lead in California, hmm. and out of and, and out of those two, you figure that's two of the four biggest states in the union are going to be on Super Tuesday, and Bernie's leading in both those states, California and Texas. So California, there is a shit ton of delegates. So if he's and then to make it worse, he's also leading in Elizabeth Warren state of Massachusetts by a good amount depending on what poll you look at. And Liz is not happy about that. She was upset that Bernie Sanders campaigned in her state. Tell you what, Liz, feel free to, feel free to go to Vermont and, and campaign. That's fine. It's primary. You're trying to win. <laughs> so go to Vermont and campaign. Actually, she can't do that because Bernie's deep in Vermont, and they hate Liz right now. They can't stand the sight of her because she can't stop lying on Bernie. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy because, uh, you know, I told you I've been engaged with um old girl from the Liz camp, and one of the things she did mention, she said she doesn't like the misinformation about Bernie, and me being polite, because I'm like, she's been the only person to respond, I'm not going to like be rude to her right now, but I really wanted to be like, but sis, Liz was the main one talking shit. Spreading the misinformation, like I absolutely one of, and this is when Liz like, like I was like, okay, file this away for, okay, Liz is on some bullshit right now. Um, the first thing for me was like, why does she have to be so damn divisive and say that Bernie said that a woman couldn't be president? I don't, I never believed that. That I never believed Bernie said that. I think. Um, I don't even think that Bernie said a variation of that, but even entertaining that, if he did, he probably may have said some shit along the lines of maybe like a woman can't beat Trump right now, or I don't believe a woman can beat Trump. Maybe that's what he said. Or America's not ready for a woman president. I don't know. But even then, like, I don't even think he said that. <laughs> I don't believe he said that. Uh, the, the thing about Elizabeth Warren is when Elizabeth Warren gets cornered, she lies. That's her thing, you know. When he asked, when that dude asked her that question, and then here's the thing: between the the mainstream media and between like the people, like the media that likes Bernie and the media that hates Bernie. They look at it two different ways. So somebody asked a question about Elizabeth Warren um, 
and the superdelegates about her uh, joining with everybody else on the debate stage and saying that if Bernie doesn't win the 51%, that it's okay if they give the nomination to somebody else. And she immediately, immediately went to Bernie Sanders, never answered the question, never talked about her position on it. She just immediately went, well, well, Bernie Sanders wrote the rules, and no, he didn't write the rules, Liz. So if you look at it from the anti-Bernie sites, they're saying that, oh, that, that Bernie bro got, talk about the guy who asked the question, that Bernie bro got owned. But if you looked at it from people who actually broke it down and fact-checked it, almost everything Elizabeth Warren said was wrong. Bernie's crew was trying to eliminate superdelegates altogether, altogether. And the best they could do was to not have superdelegates in the first round. Because one of the things that happened was you had superdelegates who, even before the primaries were happening, were already come out, coming out and saying, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Hillary. Even before the primaries even happened, they were already saying, well, I'm going with Hillary. And making it seem like, like she had this insurmountable lead that Bernie closed, by the way. Like I said, he closed that 60-point lead on, on, on Hillary. And also, um, if you listen to Bernie talk about it back then, on video, by the way, Bernie made, it, Bernie made a comment. He said, look, we, we got trounced in Mississippi. We got slaughtered out there. Am I going to go to the delegates in Mississippi and get them to try and vote for me? No. Because the people spoke. They wanted Hillary, right? Let that stand. But if I won a state and the superdelegate, if I get the most votes in the state, the most popular votes in the state, and the delegates go with, with Hillary, yes, I'm going to try to get them back on my side because I got the most votes in that state. You understand? So mm -hmm. it's, it's – for Liz to come out and say that is disingenuous. And, you know, we always put up with Elizabeth's lies because we found them to be harmless. When she lied about, like, her kids not going, her kids going to public school or her father was a janitor, so on and so forth, trying to connect with people. You know, um, I always found that the best way to connect with people is just to be yourself. You know, and not to try and, and fit in. You know, what's, what's the old term that people say? Get in where you fit in. Right. And people, you know, most people in this country, I mean, you figure half the country makes 30 grand a year. You know, so. And, and here's the thing. It's. And once again, Liz has receipts. And that's what that's what infuriates people about Elizabeth Warren. People aren't um, people aren't mad at. Uh, judge in the same way that Matt Elizabeth Warren. Because, I mean, Judge just says dumb shit all the time, but no one ever liked Judge. That's the thing. <laughs> you know, it's always worse when it was somebody that you liked and respected when they just make that sharp left when situations change. That's the people who you lash out at the most. Is the people who changed on you, who people who were good, and then they just snap on you. And that's the, that's the, it's not just the hate, uh, hate is such a strong word. No one really hates Elizabeth Warren. They just hate the decisions that she's been making. Mm -hmm. you know, because she's done great work in Congress. If I, I cannot say that she did not do an amazing job in Congress, because that would be me just letting the, the disappointment take over. 
but I can be disappointed in her recent decisions lately on the campaign trail. And that's why she gets the most snake emojis of anybody on Twitter. <laughs> because they're just like, look, if this is who you really are, then we can, we just can't really fuck with you no more. Like, put it like this. Like, um, what was it? Uh, um, Primary Warren was trending on Twitter. And I will tell you this. I'm a small fish on Twitter, right? I got, like, 50 followers, and they probably don't even, like, look at my – they don't, probably don't even look at my tweets. <laughs> but I had a tweet the other day, and, and here's the thing. You know, I'm still not patting myself on the back like that because here's the thing. You could have uh, some D-list celebrity, right? And they'll come out and then they'll say, you know, I was watering my lawn today and I saw a snake and I ran out of the house. I was scared. Like, that would be their tweet. And then that will get, like, um, 7,000 likes and then 4,000 retweets, you know? I, I had my little tweet had, like, 120 likes and, like, 100 retweets, you know? And I, and, and I was walking around – I was walking all around. I was like George Jefferson all day, like moving on up was like playing in the background every time I walk somewhere, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm a small fish on Twitter, you know. But I, I looked at it like this, right, here, and, here, and here's just what I wrote. All you Elizabeth Warren buttercups crying over the primary Warren hashtag, ask yourself why we feel that way. When, when Warren gets cornered, she lies. There's video proof of Bernie's feelings on the superdelegates process and Warren's feelings on it in 2016. You need to check yourselves. You know? And that actually got, oh, wow, 447 likes and 118 retweets, which is probably the most I've ever had in my, in my entire time on Twitter. Right? But it, and, and the only reason why I wrote that is because I decided, because when I, when I saw the primary Warren hashtag, I was like, does she even have a primary opponent? Really? But I looked on it, and it was basically just uh, people who were mad about what she said about Bernie Sanders in that town hall. But a, but a lot of, I mean, I must have read about maybe 70, 80 tweets, and most of them were basically a little bit Warren people mad about, uh, about the primary Warren hashtag because they don't feel like she, like she should be primaried. And here's the thing. I don't think she should be primaried. But she's bringing that type of heat on herself. You know, she really is. Now, I, I, I will say, I, I do want to go out on a, on a lighter note. And don't get me wrong, it's going to be me yelling at people, but at least not for something so serious, okay? Because you know who we haven't cracked on in a long time? Trump fans. Uh, they, I mean, since we've had our own internal struggles, we haven't really been uh, talking about Trump fans that much. And and I don't want to talk about Trump fans really because who cares? Yeah, basically, it's there's 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 predictable to sunrise, you know. And even if it's a cloudy day, you know the sun's behind those clouds, right? So they're predictable. They're going to be. Racist dumbasses, you know, that's just the way it is, you know. But they took it to a whole new level the other day. Well, I can't say that because it's pretty much a a plateau stupidity for the Trump fans. They're already at their highest peak of stupidity, and now it's just a a flat line of stupidity. 
Garth Brooks is a famous country artist, right? I don't know his political affiliation at all. You know, he's worth like $300 million. He's been doing this a long time, right? For like the last 25 years or so. Multi-platinum selling artist, right? He was in Detroit doing a show. And uh, one of his people, and, and, and I don't know if this was, if this was one of his people. This is what one of the pundits were saying, joking around. They had no proof of this. They were just joking. So, you know, when you go to uh, a city, right, you want to connect with the people, especially if you're not from there. So he put on a, uh, he put on a Barry Sanders jersey. For all those who don't follow sports, mm-hmm. Barry Sanders is one of the greatest running backs of all time. He played for the Detroit Lions. Right, and he's like a demigod out in, in, in Detroit, right? So, of course, like I said, his last name is Sanders, and his number was 20. You get where I'm going with this? So, Garth Brooks. Yeah, I, thought, I thought where they were going with this. I had the wrong Sanders in mind, but yeah, proceed. Now, here's the thing. I, knowing Garth Brooks is a country artist, I thought it was Deion Sanders because he played for, uh, for the Cowboys for a while. During their heyday. Honestly, that's what I thought, too. I was like, Deion Sanders? I still didn't even connect it to Bernie. I was still like, how did they make that leap? They just had the same last name, but it was, but it was Barry Sanders. And then when I found out he was in Detroit that night, I was like, oh, okay. That makes sense. That's why he's wearing a Barry Sanders jersey, right? But his number was 20. So when they showed a picture of him going on stage, all you see on his back is Sanders, 20. And his fans went off. Oh, people were like, well, people were just like, like, you just lost a fan. Like, keep politics out of it. And it, it's, it's the reactionary right. Like, people are so mired in their hatred of who they don't like that if, you, if you're even perceived as being against, of being with that person, your fans will turn on you. I'm pretty sure that all those people who have those Barry Sanders, uh, I mean, sorry, who had those uh, Garth Brooks records, probably have them all. <laughs> they probably have all Garth Brooks records, you know, because uh, I will say one thing about, about the right, you know, they're loyal till the end. You're not going to buy just one of your records. They're going to buy them all, you know, and for them to turn on Garth Brooks like that with no context whatsoever, they didn't even they didn't even look all they saw was the picture and they just snapped like rubber bands, you know, just immediately just went after him, and I was just like, God, these people are dumb. They're so dumb. Like, and I can understand. I mean, people make mistakes all the time. Like, I'll put it like this. I posted, a, I posted something, uh, a picture came to my feed on Facebook, right? And I, re- I posted it on Facebook, and one of my friends checked me on it, and I was just like, it was about Akon, the, the, the artist. And basically, it, the numbers were wrong, because, you know, he has that solar project going on in Africa, and I didn't really check the tweet all that much. I'm not the tweet. I'm sorry, the meme all that much. And I was just like, when I when I double when I read it back, I was just like, oh, okay, I can see why he's checking me on this because it said that he provided um, electricity to like 600, 600 million Africans. And I was just like, okay, yeah, that's 
I shouldn't have put this up. And I and then I immediately took it. I I even made a post about it about you know getting caught out there like that. Because I mean, these 600 million Africans—that's twice the amount of people in in this country. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm just like, yeah, I should have read that better. You know, but so I mean, but there's a difference between posting something that you didn't read properly and taking the time to get on Twitter and and getting on your favorite country artist because he wore a jersey that you didn't bother looking up to see if it was because. Here's the thing. Bernie Sanders is not an athlete. So why would, why would somebody have a, a, a football jersey with his name on the back? But you know what, so this is not the first time that uh, Facebook kind of like makes me go or whatever that is. I feel like it does most support them. Or at least doesn't support Trump. Because before... He was asked to perform at a Trump rally in the past or a Trump inauguration. Mm-hmm. He said that he was booked at the time. He used that. He he used that as a blanket, but we all know. I mean, if, if you really want to support a candidate, I don't know. If I was an artist and I was really like down for the cause, I would have figured out a way to like do both or maybe rescheduled by the book to keep my fans happy or something like that. Yeah. Because yeah. if, like, my candidate or my president called and I supported that president, I'm going to go, like, period. But he said he was already booked that night. So I feel like he doesn't fuck with Trump. I really do. But he just is making sure he doesn't offend. He He trolls in a very, like, you know, in a great way. He does what he's supposed to do. Right. And you say, I'm not going to alienate my fan base. But my thing is, right. like, well, I want to know what happened when those people realized what the, that they were dead-ass wrong, that they were loud and fucking wrong as hell. That's yeah. what I want to know. Like, did they, did they back down? Did they say, oh, damn, my bad, Garth, like, I'm not gonna um, undownload your CDs. I'm gonna go back and re-download your shit now. Or <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but but the I thing ain't is, gonna go buy your tickets now. I mean, like, cause you know that they didn't do none of the shit they claimed they was they was gonna do. So, and they probably hadn't been doing what they said they weren't gonna do anyway. They probably hadn't been fans in a long time anyway. But. Even if they, even if they were like, or even if they had like, again, you were that loud and that wrong. The least you can do is apologize. Right? Did you apologize? Did no. you? No. No. Your favorite? They're not gonna. They're not gonna apologize because that's not that's not the American way. The American way is not to apologize. The American way is just to be like, you know what? We're America. We're the greatest country in the world. You can kick rocks until your feet bleed. So they could just be wrong about somebody and just be like, well, you know, that happened. <laughs> you know, there was, I mean, even though, I mean, well, put it like this. I didn't come out and, and formally apologize. Like I, like uh, Tom Perez, right? I think, I think we mentioned this last week about Tom Perez coming out with a statement that all the, um, the votes in Nevada wouldn't be counted right away, right? 
and I and I think that I made a I made a remark about it, you know. And then I said, well, I guess I owe him an apology because I because now I mean after the shenanigans in Iowa, I said, okay, he's already starting this bullshit. But it turned out that um, there were a lot more people voting in this caucus than there was at the last time around because and and somebody had put me on to the fact that in um, if I have the numbers right, I want you to bear with me here. In 2016, that caucus had about 87,000 people, right? The early voting totals alone were over 70,000. So there were a lot more people voting in the Nevada primary this year than there was four years ago. So that's why Tom Perez was letting it out early. Yeah, you know, we're not going to have all these counted tonight. And he was right about that. You know, so and and here's the thing: if I went on Twitter and said that about Tom Perez, I would immediately go back and just say, "Hey, look, I was wrong." But I just said that to myself. <laughs> I was just like, "Oh, this motherfucker here starting already with bullshit," you know. But there's no back down in these people. But they, but it's for the wrong reasons. Like there's no back down in Bernie Sanders because Bernie Sanders fights for what he believes in, right? But what he believes in is the right thing. You understand? So if he's fighting for universal health care, if he's fighting for um, free public college, if he's fighting for universal daycare and all that other stuff, you know, and then he's not going to back down when people get in his face about it. He's going to keep on fighting. That's somebody you can get behind, you know. But if I had a relative who cursed out Garth Brooks because he wore a jersey and just didn't either bother to look at why he was wearing a Sanders jersey, they just automatically assume he's backing Bernie Sanders. And then – when I'd be like, well, I guess you were wrong. And he was just like, well, I guess I was. No apology, no nothing. I'd be like, hmm. <laughs> I'd have to rethink my relationship with this person because it's just like, okay, you're wrong. You know, he wore that jersey because he was in Detroit and he wore a Barry Sanders jersey to connect with the crowd, right? And mm-hmm. he, he never came out and said that he backs Bernie Sanders. But I, I'll say this. Um, I think you're right, Odie. I think he kind of like, at, at the very least, doesn't mess with Trump. Yeah, at the very least, he might not. He might not be a Democrat, but like I said, he just don't fuck with Trump. But I mean, when but, but when your fans are a bunch of rabid pit bulls, mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to actually. And, and 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 one last thing before we wrap up for the day, uh, I always talk about how dumb Americans are. And it's not because – it's not fair to say that Americans are dumb because of cuts to education, because you figure like this. Whenever – especially in Republican-run states, like most of the South, right, if not all of the South, they give all the money to the rich, and then when, they, when the bills come due, what's the first thing that they cut is education. So to say that America is dumb because of cuts to education is unfair, because that's not the people's fault. Well – they elect the government, so you know what I mean. It's, the, it's basically just the lack of critical thinking and the lack of, hey, I have a, you know, this phone, this cell phone that's in my pocket roasting my nuts right now? It's also a computer. And if I wanted to, I could, I could literally hit the voice button and ask it questions, and it will give me an answer. I have, I have fucking Star Trek in my pocket roasting my nuts with radiation right now. So maybe I should just use it so I don't look like a dumbass. They took a poll, and this is a recent poll. So this wasn't a poll from like a month ago. 
when the coronavirus was still coming out. This is a recent poll from a couple of days ago that there are, that in this poll, and I don't know why they took a particular poll, maybe they just wanted something to, to print for an article, 40, almost 40, I think it was 38% of the people polled in the virus will not drink Corona beer because of the coronavirus. Now, if they did that poll a month ago, and those are the results, I could kind of like, okay, fine, Corona, coronavirus, I, you know, ha, 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 you suck. But it's a month later. We know what the coronavirus is all about. You know it has nothing to do with the beer. So why do you still think that the coronavirus has to do with the beer? Because here's the thing. The beer is, I, I want to say it's made in, is, it, is Corona made in Mexico? It's not an American beer, right? Yeah, yeah, it's associated with, with Mexico, so yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Trump finds a way to blame it on Mexico. Yeah. Now, if, if Corona was made in China, okay, fine, that makes sense, because the coronavirus came out of China. So yeah, absolutely, I would feel, I, I, would, I, would, I could imagine that. But dude, it's beer is made in Mexico. It has the same name, but it's not the same thing. And now we've had a month of information that came out about this thing. You know, it, it's kind of, somebody had a meme that I posted recently, and I'm going to paraphrase it because I'm just trying to do it from memory. But um, remember that time, remember, remember years ago when people thought that uh, people being dumb had to do with a lack of information? It's not that. Because <laughs> like I said, the information is all around us. All around us. And uh, people just aren't using it. You know? So, I, I don't know. <laughs> it, 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 it would be funny if it wasn't just devastatingly crippling. I don't know. Of how, of how dumb Americans can be, you know. I mean, and I'm not talking about people who get – I'm going to talk about people who just see something and they run with it and they don't look it up, you know. And like I said, even the best of us done that. I just mentioned before that I did that. I, I posted something. I didn't read it all the way. And then, and then when I looked at it again, I'm like, damn, that was stupid of me because there's no way Akon is doing that, <laughs> providing that the, the 600, that 600 million people. You know, but I could admit it, and then I'm like, you know what, next time I'll do better. A month has gone by, and people still think that the coronavirus is connected to corona beer. Mm, mm, mm. Yep. Now, I, I will say this. I, I hope I'm not putting her business out there, but, you know, usually Mercedes is on the show with us. Uh, and unfortunately, she couldn't make it. She was trying to find out where her polling place was. And I'll probably talk about this more on Monday. I saw an article, or I didn't see an article, I saw a tweet. And I didn't get a chance to look it up because it, I saw it literally like maybe like 20 minutes before we started today, a tweet about polling places closing in South Carolina. And I was like, uh-oh, I need to look into this because, you know, today is the election. She said her polling place is up the street from where she lived, and they closed that polling place. And she was trying to find her new polling place, and she couldn't find one which is why she missed the show today, you know? Yeah. And I was just like, damn, that is messed up, you know? Uh, 
it, it's it's stuff like this, like when we when people talk about how America is the greatest democracy in the world, um, the fine greatest. We, we, you know what we are? We are the loudest democracy in the world. Right, right. We scream democracy at the top of our lungs and never practice it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Our polling places have the have the most flags in it. Have the, have the most American flags in it. That's basically the the basis of our democracy. Because for some reason, we're supposed to be the the architects of democracy, and there are other countries who do it way better than us. Way better. So this whole notion of, you know, I'm like, why are we trying to use our military to spread democracy across the world when we can't even do it right? You're going to close somebody's polling place and not let them know that their polling place is closing? I'll put it like this. My polling place closed uh, about a year ago, right? But they sent me a letter in the mail, and they said, hey, listen, we're closing down this polling place. My polling place was a fire station, mm-hmm. and, I guess, and I guess for some reason they're not doing it there anymore. And they said, well, here is your new polling place, and it's maybe about another half mile away from where that polling place was, right? Mm-hmm. So, so I got notice that they sent, me a, uh, they sent me a brand new voter registration card and everything that says, listen, here's your new polling place, you know. And that's why I always say that, like, I live in North, we live in North Carolina, like, it's not like the rest of the South, because the rest of the South be on some bullshit when it comes to democracy. Florida's trying to charge people poll taxes, which is against the Constitution, because it's in the Constitution that says that you cannot uh, use people's finances as a barrier to vote, but they do it anyway, you know. There was an article that came on my feed. They denied this guy his vote because he owed $4. Four. And, and, and I'm going to guess this, that if he owed that $4, he didn't know he owed it. Because I'm pretty sure if he owed $4, he was reaching his wallet and pay it. Yep. So it's, I don't know what's going on in the South, but it's not good. And I was trying to end on a good note, but like I said, I, I was just looking at my, uh, at my text and I was like, damn, that's messed up. So, it, so they really are closing polling places and not telling people. That's bullshit. We'll see how it affects the primary today, but, you know, it, it's the South, you know. I, I like to think that because we're North Carolina, that we're technically not the South, that we're like the gateway to the South. <laughs> that, that, that's my own. Yeah, that, that, that's, my, that's my justification for North Carolina. But trust me, we suck just like every other Southern state. We just have a few more northerners in our state, including myself. I'm from New York. <laughs> so, Odie, what are your what are your final thoughts? Final thoughts. Well, hmm. well, today is the last day to vote early, so do it if you can. I think the I don't I don't know what time the polls close, but vote early if you can. I. Remember, I, I mean, I was born in New York, but I was raised here, and I currently live in Southeast Raleigh. And um, my polling place is on Martin Street. And if you know anything about Martin Street, that was the kind of place I did not want to hang out. That was a neighborhood I didn't want to hang out in growing up. I never was one of those kids that liked hanging in, quote, unquote, the bad part of town. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like 
I didn't like going into, like, bad neighborhoods. I didn't like bad boys. I won't on none of that shit. But uh, my polling place was there. And let's just say, hmm, I would probably live on Martin Street now. And I'm reminded why there's a polling place, because it's being gentrified as fuck over there. So vote. (laughs) Vote. After looking at the houses over there, I was reminded why, exactly why it's important. It's not about stifling growth because at least now I see resources and money being pumped in there, but I also don't want to see people being forced out of their homes who have lived there since I didn't want to live over there. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's all about balance. It's not, that's not okay to push people out at the same time. Yeah. Now I, I will say this, you know, uh, just just a quick thing. My dad, well, my mom told me the story. You know, when we were looking for the house that my dad still lives in now, out in Long Island, uh, we lived in we lived in Brooklyn, and then we moved to Long Island. And I was too young to remember most of this. You know, I was a little kid then. But my mom told me a story like uh, the realtor kept taking my dad to all these ramshackle neighborhoods and these little broken down houses and my dad got mad at the at the realtor and told her look if i wanted to live in a shack i can build my own shack i want you to show me a house <laughs> an actual house <laughs> and she showed him the house that he that he lives in to this day that he's been living in since the late 70s you know and it, it's absolutely like this whole thing with redlining and all that stuff and gentrification it's real you know, and people just think it's like some sort of excuse, but no, it's it's really real, and that's why we got to vote for people who are going to have our best interests in mind. You know, I mean, if you want to vote for, I mean, I can't tell you who to vote for because that's up to you. Like, put it like this: my nephew voted for the first time. Uh, he he uh, he did early voting up at his college, and he sent me his um his sticker. You know, took a picture of his I voted sticker. Now I was very proud of him for that. But you know, what I didn't ask him. I didn't ask him who he voted for. Because that's up to him. You know, I'm pretty sure he voted for Bernie. <laughs> I'm almost positive he voted for Bernie, but I'm never going to ask him who he voted for because that's up to him. Who you vote for is up to you. But I, all I ask is that, I mean, whether you're voting for Warren, whether you're voting for Bernie, whether you're voting for, uh, for Bloomberg, Jesus Christ, maybe there's, maybe there's exceptions to that rule. But if you're voting for somebody who you feel has your best interest in mind, then your vote is not wrong. And I know I, I, I get into a lot of hyperbole about these candidates and, you know, I, I rag on them like Mayor Pete and Klobuchar and Biden and stuff like that. But if you did the research, if you looked at all these candidates and you didn't just say some dumb shit like, you know, I, I vote for Elizabeth Warren because I'm pretty sure she'd remember the, uh, my kids' favorite colors. Like if that's your criteria for voting, I, I think you just need to do some more research. But if you looked at all the candidates and all their positions, you figured this person has the best position for me, go with that person. Whether I agree with that person or not, you got to do what's best for you and your family. So, but uh, that's all we have. Oh, Mr. Blue. Oh, God. I, I apologize, sir. What are your final thoughts? Uh oh, you might be on you might be on mute, Mr. Blue. 
what are your final thoughts? Oh, this is the last day to vote for um, early voting here in Durham, North Carolina. I don't know about the other counties, but uh, only um, less than 10,000 out of 200-something thousand people early voted, and that's just showing a poor turnout, a very sad turnout. Now, I'm not saying you can't wait until it's time to vote, vote, but, you know, why not early vote? You know what I'm saying? Less stress, yeah. shorter lines. Yeah. Like, for the presidential candidacy, I'm probably going to try to vote early. But, um, unfortunately, I could not get time. Well, I don't have an early polling place close to me. So, I, you know, and, I don't, and unfortunately, I don't drive. So I didn't want to Uber it. So I just said, you know what, I'll just, I took a couple hours off uh, on Super Tuesday, and then I'll just go in and I'll just go in and vote early to make sure I get my vote in. And then, just now back across the street, and I'm going to go get some steak. And watch as Bernie Sanders curb stomps the entire field. I don't want to get too confident, too overconfident, especially if he loses South Carolina tonight. But like I like I said before earlier, I mean, if if all the projections hold true, aside from Alabama, he's probably going to sweep, and uh, it's going to be glorious. But Mr. Blue, play us off, sir. Thank you for Thank listening you. to another episode of 360 Degrees. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Urban Breakdown Podcast. Wherever you are, share it amongst your friends. And if you're using Spotify, you can share it to your Instagram stories.